You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our weekly Market Talk podcast. Today is Tuesday the 11th of August. I'm Stuart Banks, Mayaby Treasury, and as usual, I'm joined today by Oliver Mangan, AIB's Chief Economist to discuss latest market developments. Ollie, leading off with global interest rates, last week the Bank of England followed the ECB and the Federal Reserve's lead by keeping rates on hold. The underlying message from all three is lower rates for longer, but the policy from each might vary slightly in this regard. Can you expand further for our listeners, please? Yes, indeed. Well, the Bank of England wrapped up a series of central bank meetings in recent weeks. We've had the Fed, we had the Bank of Japan, uh, we had the ECB, and in all cases, policy was left on hold. I mean, that was no great surprise because there was a substantial amount of easing done between March and June. So there was no great expectation in markets that the central banks would take further action at their July stroke August meetings. There's quite similar messages. I mean, there's a rebound in, in economic activity underway. But nonetheless, the central banks are cautious on the outlook. I think they all agree it will take a couple of years to recover from this recession in terms of recovering all the output that was lost in the first half of the year. Secondly, they highlight the very uncertain outlook because we just don't know the course of the virus and what will happen there. And they all certainly agree that the risks are to the downside, that the expected recovery might not materialise. We could be hit by a second wave or whatever. So very cautious on the outlook, risks to the downside. And in that context, all the central banks are indicating they'll do further policy easing if required. But within that, I know we've had rate cuts from the Fed, from the Bank of England and elsewhere. But the key message from the central banks is their preference will be to do more quantitative easing, eject more liquidity into the system rather than cut rates any further. Now, they're not really enough further rate cuts. But if we take the Bank of England last week, it had been raising the possibility of rates going negative in the UK. The current bank rate or base rate is 0.1%. But they've done analysis and they're not ruling it out, but it's, it's not a near-term move. They made the point that they felt in the current environment, moving to negative interest rates may not be that effective and that other policy options would work better. And if they are to move in the near term, it would be non-interest rate moves. So a further increase in quantitative easing, injecting more cash into the system is their preferred option. And you know, the ECB hasn't cut rates at all in response to the COVID crisis because rates are already negative, they're minus 0.5%. And the Fed is showing no appetite at all for rates to go negative in the US. You know, the markets have been taking on board this message. I mean, the markets have been discounting further rate cuts, even by the ECB, the Fed and the Bank of England. Those rate cuts that were anticipated in the US and in the Eurozone have largely been priced out. Now, the expectation of markets is that rates will remain on hold and a further policy loosening is required it'll be in the form of quantitative easing in regard to the uk i think it's fair to say to scale back the extent to which they think the bank of england will cut rates now we might get a 10 basis points cut at most which would take rates down to zero but what we've been priced into markets maybe four or six weeks ago is rates going negative in the uk that's no longer in the price so a small further rate cut from the uk probably 2021 taking rates down to close r20 but not going negative so all we have from central banks is a broadly similar assessment in terms of cautious on the economic outlook a clear easing bias that they're prepared to loosen policy further if required but if that is to happen the preference is to do more quantitative easing and not to lower rates any further ollie last week economic data showed that economies are recovering at a decent pace can we expect this to continue yeah, well, as referenced, the central banks acknowledge that, particularly for June and July, that the data have rebounded somewhat stronger than anticipated. There's been a good pickup in things like retail sales.
We had Eurozone data in that regard last week. Uh, we've had strong retail sales figures out of the US and the UK for June. Even in Ireland's case, we, when we look at what we call core retail sales, which excludes the motor trade, retail sales in June actually have risen back up to their pre-COVID levels, having fallen very, very sharply in April in particular during the lockdown. And we're seeing improvements in labour market data. We've seen a very sharp fall in the COVID-adjusted unemployment rate here. Last week, we saw good payrolls from the US, another substantial increase in employment, higher than the market anticipated. And then we've had this vast array of survey data, PMI indicators, etc., showing activity is rebounding quite strongly. The concern central banks have is that that momentum won't be sustained, and particularly when we're seeing fresh lockdowns, even in Ireland, but let's take the US, where there's been a reemergence of the virus, we're seeing a reemergence of the virus in Europe, and that will both damage confidence, see restrictions reimposed, so that we'll have a bounce back, but it won't be sustained. So the expectations, I mean, the US is a good example to look at. I mean, those 21 million jobs lost during the lockdown, and we've got about half those back. So we're still short 10 million jobs there uh, have been lost. And the fear in markets is with the renewed restrictions on activity as COVID numbers pick up, that the recovery in employment, the recovery in consumer spending will run out of momentum and will stall here. So there is a lot of caution about the economic outlook. Now, I have to say the data were better than expected last week. There's talks of further stimulus in the US. And stock markets had a good week last week. I mean, it's interesting to look at the S&P 500 in the US. It's recovered to within touching distance of its all-time high, which is back in February before the coronavirus erupted in the States and in Europe. So stock markets have been encouraged by the strong data, have been encouraged by this, all the policy easing. But there's just that sense out there that, okay, we've rebounded, but will it be sustained? Are we going to see increase in job losses? The ongoing prevalence of the virus, the re-emergence of you know, large numbers of new cases is creating concerns that a bounce back will lose momentum and we could be faced with you know maybe stagnant growth in the second half of the year. Okay, and this week, Ali, Wednesday sees the uh, first estimate release of UK GDP for quarter two. Given the impact of COVID, what can we expect here? Yep. A very big decline in quarter two GDP is anticipated when the figures are printed on Wednesday. The forecasts are that output could fall by as much as 20% in the quarter. Now, that's much greater than the Eurozone, where the decline was 12%, and the US was around 8.5%. But the, the lockdown in the UK lasted longer and impacted far more areas of the economy, reflecting the severity of the outbreak there of the coronavirus. So on a historical basis, 20% is unheard of. It's important to bear in mind, though, that output and activity did rebound strongly in June and July. Now, notwithstanding that strong rebound in June, we're still going to see that very big decline. But we'll see a very big rebound in quarter three GDP as a result. To some extent, the greater the fall in output in one quarter, the bigger the rebound is expected in the following quarter. So I think since those figures we got in April and May were published, we have seen much stronger data in June and July in the UK. So we will see a rebound in quarter three. But uh, as we noted already, the question is whether that can continue into quarter four and into 2021. And that's what has the central banks worried, that the recovery output could lose momentum uh, over the second half of the year. And finally, Ali, switching to the US, retail sales for July are due on Friday and will be keenly watched by the market. What are we likely to see from these? Yeah, we're, we get both industrial production and retail sales from the US this week. Now, another large increase in industrial output is expected for June. 
and retail sales are expected to continue to recover. So I, I don't think the markets are too concerned. We know the data have been good for June and July. It's further down the line, whether that recovery output can be sustained that's really worrying the markets. And particularly given where stock markets have got to, as I referenced earlier, the S&P is back near its all-time high. The markets have priced in a good recovery in activity that would be sustained, but the fear is that this recovery could lose momentum over the second half of the year. So good figures are expected, may well help underpin the dollar. You know, the dollar had come under pressure in July, but as we said before in our calls, it's a very big effort for the euro to rise above 120, and it hasn't managed to breach that in the last couple of weeks. So continuing good US data would certainly expect to see to support the dollar over the course of this week. Ollie, we'll leave it there for this week. Thanks for your insights. COVID-19 continues to dominate both conversation and markets. And for AIB customers impacted by COVID-19, you can find the details of support packages at aib.ie forward slash COVID. Finally, thank you once again to our customers for listening in. To stay up to date with the markets, please press the subscribe button to AIB's Market Talk on the podcast apps for iOS or Android. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.